Hey folks, Sam Jones here. Welcome to another edition of Off Camera, the show where I get to talk to iconic, creative, curious artists and find out how they got that way. And in this episode, I sit down with actress Regina Hall. Ever since Regina Hall showed up on screen as the hilarious sex craven Brenda in Scary Movie, she's never had to worry about getting work. But what she did struggle with was getting the right kind of work, especially after discovering the flip side to success, typecasting. As she says, I wanted great parts and interesting work. And as a woman, a black woman, I wondered if that was even possible. Despite her concerns about a career ceiling, she continued to push for roles that were more nuanced and less broad. Luckily, she had a thick skin, honed by growing up with three brothers, which prepared her for the ups and downs of the industry. And while many female actors fear getting older in a business that values youth, Regina, now in her late 40s, is discovering that her career is blossoming with age. In the past two years, she's been in the massively successful girls' trip, has won multiple awards for her role in the outstanding independent film, Support the Girls, and is now playing her self-proclaimed dream role in Showtime's Black Monday, opposite Don Cheadle. Regina joins off-camera to talk about her earliest and wildest career ambitions, how her father's unexpected death jump-started her acting career, and why becoming a nun is a lot harder than one might think. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hi, Regina. Hi, Sam. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, you know, you've been doing some work lately that's been really amazing and kind of unexpected, especially the last two things I saw you in, Support the Girls, and now Black Monday on Showtime. Yeah. There's this range to your work that prior to Girls Trip, people may not have known, and I want to get into your whole career story and everything, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I found out we have something in common. Oh, what is it? Which is you and I both went to college for journalism. Yes, and why'd you do it? because it seemed more of an adventure. Mm -hmm. It combined sort of a lot of things I liked, yeah. you know, photography, and I loved reading the paper growing See? up. And That's why'd that. you do it? I loved reading the paper. I loved um, watching, I liked news programs. Growing up. I can recall watching the news, maybe because my family watched the news a lot, because I grew up in DC, and right. so there was always something interesting on the news. Although not necessarily good, because it was a we had a high drug uh, and crime rate at that point. Yeah, DC was a, a nightmare yeah. then. Yeah, DC right? don't stand for Dodge up? City. That's what they said. Dodge City. That's what they. Well, there was a go-go song that said DC don't stand for Dodge City, but it did. <laughs> Remember, that's why they had to change the name of the basketball team. That's right. It was the Bullets. It was the Bullets. That's right. Yep. I think we should have left them as the Bullets. Yeah, because originally the Bullet was like, oh, they're fast. Fast. Yeah. Now no. they're wizards, and there's no magic. There's not enough magic. No, although wizard does explain a lot of like what people wish would happen in government. Yeah, that's you know? true. So yeah. Like we need a wizard to like we, wave a wand yes, and erase and everything. Erase it all. Start over. I'm gonna try it. You know, I don't <laughs> know if I have any powers. I'm gonna try it. But I think I just liked, I felt like it was the one objective thing. Were your parents uh, in that field at all? Or? No. No. Although I was in D.C., nobody was in government. My dad was an electrician. He passed. He's um, passed away. And my mother was a teacher. So you were pretty much just straight up blue collar? Well, yeah, working class. Working class. Yeah, working class. Yeah. yeah. And so when you were a kid, mm -hmm. did you have any inkling that you mm -hmm. would find or love performing or acting? No, because like, Did you have any exposure to it? 
I, my first exposure was I, I, well, I wanted to be a Playboy Playmate. You did? There was a special on television, I remember so specifically, and they showed, I guess, the mansion. Yeah. And I remember girls roller skating, and I thought that's what a Playboy Playmate did. Yeah, how old were you? I don't know, like five, six, seven, something <laughs> oh like God. that. And I you're was like, seven years old, and you're like, Mom, Dad, that's, I, I said, found my I calling. said, Mommy, I know what I want to do. I want to be a Playmate. A Playboy Playmate, and she just said, "Well, that's nice, baby. Maybe you'll change your mind." That was it. She didn't. She didn't go into it. She didn't. She didn't. But it was. It, they looked like it was so much fun. DC had four seasons, and it was California, and it was sunny. Right. And I was like, "Well, Roller that's skates. a great job." Probably some glitter. I guarantee you there was some glitter. And for a little girl, glitter and roller skates—like, yeah. if that's a job. Thank God my daughters don't know about the Playboy <laughs> Playmate option. So after you moved on past the after Playboy I left Playmate, the Playmate dream, um, yeah. And when did that last? Until you were 30, 35? Uh, last year, last actually. Year? No, no, uh, no. I think I, I don't know. I turned into like, you know, twelve. My brothers had. I found a Playboy magazine in my. I had three brothers. Okay. In one of my brothers' rooms, and I was like, oh, this is what it is. <laughs> I wasn't. It was. There were no roller skates in the no. pictures either. One day it was raining, and no, it was going to snow, and they sent us home from school early. My brothers are like nine years old. They're older. Okay. And so my friend, I was like, do you want to go to my, come to my house? It was my friend Toya. And she was like, yeah, I'll come. And then I said, we could watch movies. I have 48 hours. And 48 hours, it's when, you know, there were VHS yeah. tapes. And I hadn't really seen it, but that was an R-rated movie. So that was like a big movie to watch. Oh, you, know, you when got you're it 12. brothers. My brothers had it. And right. I was like, let's we could watch 48 hours. Because no one was home. My mother was still at work. So we put it in, and it was a porn. It, my brothers had <laughs> actually labeled. I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, they had labeled everything as a movie. And they were really porn. So you're like, and, um, Eddie Murphy's got to show up in this thing it, at some point. No, we were horrified. I mean, but couldn't stop. I, I remember we sat and we were devastated. It was inside Jennifer Wells. I think that's what it's <laughs> called. And we had never even kissed or touched a boy. So it's like we went straight into the fire. Oh, my God. Now you're giving me, like, heart palpitations. Yeah. Yeah. My daughters are that age right now. And but you don't have anything like that now. No, but we have the internet. Like, right. It's, it's the easiest thing to find well, just so accidentally. It's like, it's like how you discovered it. It's, the, it's we a discovered total it. accident. You were looking for 48 hours. Right. You found porn. I mean, they could type in just But about it didn't anything. send us on any wrong trajectory. No, clearly not. No, we were just had like inside jokes. So who were you among your friends? Like, were you popular? Were you the confident one? Were you... The ringleader. I don't know that we were the popular girls per se, but I don't know that we thought about it. Like we just, we were happy girls. Like we weren't not popular. Right. I know I was really, really skinny. I certainly know I was not like that. I want to get on top of that girl. I remember I had one boyfriend and they, you know, we had go-go music in DC. Oh, and he liked me, and they wrote on his locker that he liked go-go sticks because I was so skinny. They called me go-go sticks. Go-go sticks. <laughs> God, between which, the which Playboy really Playmate on roller skates and go-go sticks, I mean, there's a Halloween I, costume. Yeah, here. but I'll tell you what was good by ha about having three brothers. I wasn't sensitive, and I had to learn to really, like, defend myself. My brothers were like, you got to learn to fight. Like, they weren't... Um, 
precious with me. Right. I remember we, they would play football. Why was I playing football with my brothers? But they would be like, <laughs> Regina, catch the ball when my mother wasn't home. Because the living room and the dining room and the dinner was like all open. So I remember, this is crazy. They threw the ball to me and I ran and we had a little den table, like a little low table in the den. And like they pushed it out and I ran into it and the wind got knocked out of me. So you have to remember when you're little and the wind gets knocked out of you, I was like, oh, I thought I was dying. Yeah. And my brothers were cracking up. <laughs> they, were, they were laughing and they were like, you're not dying. You just got the wind knocked out of you. Yeah. The other reason I can't swim, because they taught <laughs> each other to swim by throwing the next one to learn in the pool. And they did it to me when I was six. And they were like, swim, Gina. And I was like, not swimming. I was drowning. And then now I'm afraid of so water. So someone had to pull you out? Yes, yes. And that was it? That was it. My mom tried to put me in swimming lessons, but I think I was just scarred. I'm going to learn now because I have to, and I ha- I'm in L.A. and I'll every teach place you has a boat. You will? Yes. You won't throw me in, though, will you? No. Okay. So I did read that you discovered performing pretty late. I and, did. And I wonder if there were any signs, like when you were in high school, mm-hmm. that you just sort of ignored or... I mean, I did love plays, you know, when you I did. was young. Yeah, I did. I was in, like, our school... You know, it was a Catholic school, but we had plays, and I would read, like, do the Christmas things. Looking back, were you the, the, com- the comic in the family? or No, my brothers, my brother, brothers and my mom, they're all funny. They're really? all really funny, yeah. So was it sort of a competition to, of who could be the funniest? Yeah, or just, like, if someone, I guess in New York they'd say snapping. In D.C. they said joning or cutting. So, like, if someone said something, like, of my brothers, you'd have to come back. And oh, like, one-upping. And... Yes, okay. yes. So that was a part of what it was like to be in my family. But so it never occurred to you of, like... It was... You know what it is? It's just D.C. was government job. It was, like, Hollywood. It was far. And I didn't go to, like, Duke Ellington or performing arts. And my father was... Um, he would definitely pay for us to go to school, but for practical things. Because that didn't seem like a real profession. And you know, he was someone, he was a contractor and he wanted his kids to have great education. And so going to school probably for him in his mind to study theater or something wasn't, it wasn't like... um, It was high risk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he thought of it as a, you know, like a job, job. Right. And so I think um, when I went to New York... That's when you... So I went you to New York were, for so undergrad. You were focused on... Yeah, I had to go to a good school. My mom was a little more strict than I would have preferred. What's an example of that? Like, you know, I couldn't be out late. Right. Like my friends maybe could. I didn't have quite as much, you know, like I could have mail company, but somebody had to be home. And we had to be on the first floor. And if we were... Because your house was full of porn. Yeah. <laughs> probably didn't know god bless her and then on the second like if she's I, finding out right she's now funny. she's like she's, she's calling to f- figure out which brother it was she knows though um and then the second floor my room the door had to be open and someone had to be upstairs i just didn't have a lot of well here was the problem you said you wanted to be a, play, a playboy playmate when you early. were like too early right five years old i and gave like, away that door is staying open <laughs> I know. I gave myself away. But I think, you know, I had I had a best friend, Pia. We went every we were, you know, we loved go-go's. Yeah. I loved going to go-go's. I loved go-go music. Are you a good dancer? No. no. But I could but go-go, you just it was like 
dance and there'd be two guys on both sides of you, kind of like a sandwich. It was, it was a, a two guy sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I'm with but your mom it, on this, right? But it wasn't, you know, oddly enough, it wasn't sexual per se. It was the vibing of the music. And so you would go and you would dance. I liked that. I, liked, I had my friends. I had a very normal, except I did say, and my mom said, my brother said I used to say I'm going to be on TV. So when you went off to college, what was the life plan? Like, what were you going to do? I loved theology. I thought about studying theology. Really? Yeah, I love theology and sociology. I don't, you know what I was going to do? I was going to New York City where I could stay out late. And I was like, Mommy, you're not going to be able to tell me what time to come home. And then I met my two best friends, Dean and Vanessa. And we went to a lot of concerts. And we, like, found, I found, like, New York nightlife in clubs. And I loved clubs. And we'd go straight from, like, clubs to class. I thought New York City was, like, the best place in the world. And then I graduated. And then my family was kind of like, well, now what? What are you going to do? And I was like, well, I have my degree. I think I had a job for six months. And I was, I was like, I just, I couldn't imagine doing the monotony of it every day because of, I was like, I, I needed to love. You I needed to go to the clubs. I needed, well, no, <laughs> I needed to love what I wanted to do and go to the clubs. Right. But I did love going to the clubs. And my mother would be like, Gina, you've been going to church. And my brothers were like, Mommy, her church is the tunnel, <laughs> which was the name of the club I loved. <laughs> Like, she doesn't go to church, she goes to clubs. And I was like, shut up. Um, <laughs> shut up or I'll tell them about the court. <laughs> exactly. But they were like, we're not going to pay for you to just live in New York. So either you're going to have to get a job or you're going to come back home. And I was like, I'm going to go back to school. That I knew they would support. And so I went back, I went to NYU. I took my GREs and then I, and then I applied to NYU. I got in. But not for acting, for journalism. For journalism. Okay. And then my father had a stroke. Okay. And when I was in New York, I had a friend who was an actress, and she said, you could make some extra money doing commercials. And I was working for this director who was directed commercials and, like, documentaries. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a filmmaker. That's what I wanted to do in college. I had seen, like, She's Got to Have It, and I had my friend Vanessa. I was like, we could just make movies. So I did. I was very interested in, in directing, and I was like, all we need are some credit cards, and we can just charge like $75,000. <laughs> we brought that book. <laughs> and I was like, we'll make a movie. And then um, my dad did. He had a stroke, and he passed away quite suddenly. Oh, so and it was not something where you were prepared for it at all? No. he was. We had just talked to him. He was getting his eyes examined, and he had a stroke in the, in the office. And he went into a coma for about a week. And it was so... Um, startling and you're a dad so yeah. you know dads I mean I love my mom we're very close um, and my brothers too but there's a there's a stability you know that a father a father's presence has you know especially to a girl especially to a daughter I mean it was um, shocking and I for a long time I didn't talk about him really no, and one and in a, in a, Why? In a, it was just painful. It was and, painful. And it was because I, I still have both my parents, mm -hmm. and I think being older now, yeah, that's something you prepare for and yeah. everything. But when yeah. you're young, yeah, I was 23. Did it change the way you felt in the world, like your balance or your Absolutely. stability? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, for so many reasons, one, I loved him, and we were very, very close. But also, he was. A, a big financial staple in my being. It's how I could be like, you know, I could be a little careless and be like, Daddy, can you send me? You know what I mean? It was. We are suckers. 
Yeah, and you know, I was the only girl in the band, so it was, yeah. a, it, was a, it was, um, yes. And it was also like, I hadn't thought about, uh, I don't know, there's a brevity in life that you realize that you, you know, that's sobering. And so I just, I, you know, I didn't, and, and one day I was doing an interview and someone said, so Regina, how was it growing up without a dad? Because I used to always say, I'm going to see my mom, my mom. And I realized by not talking about him, people just thought, I had a father that just wasn't in my life. And then that made me feel really awful because he was such a, an amazing and present father. How did he keep the relationship with you Well, my close? parents got divorced when I was six. Oh, they did? They did. Neither of them remarried. He lived 10 minutes away and he came over every day and we didn't have visitation things. I could go and spend the night whenever I wanted. He could come over whenever he wanted. So we didn't have limits on... Um, I, I just never thought about it. Like it would just be like, you know, I'd come home and my mom would be like, your dad's downstairs. And you know, I think they both did that on purpose. I mean, none of them remarried. Nobody, I, don't, I doubt if anybody was gonna be remarrying somebody that was at their ex-wife's house every day. But um, he was just very much in my life. Um, we talked just all the time. And I mean, did losing I him, him make time. you think more about what you actually wanted to do with your life? Yeah. You're making it serious? But I had a friend who was like, you can make extra money. And I was like, okay. And then when I was working for that director, I worked for him for six months and I quit because I said, I cannot have a job and focus on directing. I remember his look. He looked at me like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> because his office was in his home. So it's a long interview process. I got the job and my friend and I were like, I was like, we need to be in the park writing. We cannot make this film if we're working every day. And I was like, and so I told my roommate, we both quit our jobs. I don't know how we thought we were gonna pay bills. The credit cards. <laughs> the credit cards had to pay for the movie and the bills. <laughs> so we quit our jobs and then, um, <laughs> and then so it was, it was just, anyway, he would always say, you're on the wrong side of the camera. And I didn't quite, but that thing, I used to think that was because he caught me sleeping a lot on the computer. <laughs> like I would do like this. And then like he'd walk behind me and you know, like my hand with my elbow would be like on a Y. So the screen would be blinking Y. It's like, why, why, all Y's. <laughs> I was like, sorry. I always wondered, did he know I was bad? Anyway, he was a very, he was a kind, he was a kind man. He had a kind wife, Bill and Greta. Um, but it was sobering. And I think after that, I, that, I do remember that's when I made the decision. To try to pursue acting? To pursue acting. And how did you get, like... Because I had my degree. I was like, I have my master's. That right. satisfied my dad. So you, you did finished. that for him and yeah. finished? Yeah. So then what was your plan on how to... Like, <laughs> did you get just... Because a lot of people who want to act, they start when they're young, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I would imagine... Well, NYU thought I was crazy. All the professors... They did. I had a couple professors. They were upset because I was actually a good journalism student and they really wanted to help you know, propel that. And um, I was like, listen, I've decided to be an actress. And they were like this. So <laughs> I went, <laughs> I was like, so I've got to study. And I went to Bill Esper Studios and I studied there with the wonderful um, teacher, Barbara Machant. For so you just years. didn't, you didn't just start going to auditions. You were like, I'm going to learn this craft. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did go to auditions and they went terrible. And then I they thought, did. they, yeah. Because I was like, I mean, I was at commercial auditions just, not getting like anything, just getting no response. What was the very first thing you got? My very first acting job? 
was a McDonald's commercial. It was. Mm -hmm. And my line was in some McDonald's fries. You were just at the counter at McDonald's ordering no, fries? No, I was watching, it was me and on a date. And we were at watching a movie. And then in the movie. Was it 48 hours? No, it should have been, right? <laughs> Inside Jennifer Wells, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> was it Jennifer Wells or Jennifer's Walls? Inside Jennifer's Walls. I, let's go with that. That sounds more like it. God. That sounds more like it. Wow. Um, <laughs> childhood memories. Um, but sh it was, um, <laughs> she was, um, it was just, it was, that was my first thing. And it was so exciting. I was like, <gasps> you know, and, but I still didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, if you're going to have success in this, you have to study. What was the thing that, like the spark that made you excited about acting? I remember doing it and, and feeling like, Every, even now when I act, every time I do it, I'm like, oh God, why am I doing this? I shouldn't do it. It's awful. I'm awful. It's horrible. It's a terrible process. But then as soon as they yell action, I don't know. It's like everything goes away. And then I feel like I'm, I don't even remember it. It's like I'm in the experience. When you finally did get your first movie. Mm -hmm. was best Man. The Best Man. Mm -hmm. Was there that that feeling of, I don't belong here, they're gonna fire me, or, or I'm terrified. I have that feeling all the time, still. You do still? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they called me for Black Monday, they called my agent about something, and I was like, was my exec, Amy Israel, and I was like, did she say what she wanted? And he was like, no. And I was like, do you think I'm getting fired? And he was like, why do you think you're getting fired? My agents get as paranoid as I do, because I'm always. Do you know something I don't <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, well, did you call back? He's like, yeah, I called back, I called back. She didn't, and then I found out what it was, and then I saw her later, and I said, I thought you were calling to fire me, and she was like, why? We tell you we, we're, ha I mean, you know, but yeah, I always think I'm gonna get, I, I don't know. Are you pretty self-critical? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because whenever I see myself, I'm like, <sighs> you know? But I think that's kind of a part of it. But I do love it. I mean, every time I get a job, I hate it. I'm like, I'm happy for 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, I got it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got it. Because it means you got to start working on it. What's the fear there? It's like, can I do it? Really? You know, am so I going to be good? Am questions. I going to ruin? Well, yeah, I think it got, I think it got worse. Not worse, but it gets, um, I mean, usually you audition and you know what you're doing. Or you think you know what you're doing, right? But you feel like you got it. But then there's a, you know, obviously you transition and you start getting offers. And then when you get offers, you're like, oh my goodness. Well, what if, what if I'm not thinking what they're thinking? What if I'm awful? What if I can't do it? Because you always want to do stuff that is different and challenging. Right. And then I think of specifically support the girls. I was like, oh my God, Andrew's been writing it for two years. And this man has put so much time and energy. And then what if I go and like... He's like entrusting me and I just, you know, Lisa has so much to do in the movie. I mean, I wanted the job, but then when I got it, I was like, what if I can't, what if I suck? And then his movie sucks. And then Black Monday, it was Don who called and I didn't know Don, just Cheadle. Uh -huh. Well, I had met him and was a huge fan. You know, he's such a, an, an incredible actor. I mean, he's just like watching him is amazing. And then I was like, oh my goodness. Now, what if I get up there and they're like Don? She sucks, and then it's his word, and then the producers, because I didn't get to rehearse. So yeah, it did, it made me, I was like, oh gosh, the whole time. And then, you know, I love comedy, and then it was like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg directing, so right. that, that was another added pressure. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're like, what if they're like, this bitch ain't funny at all? You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're like, sorry. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, first off, I want to I go back to the best man for a minute because... So you get this job. It's your first big movie. Yeah. Didn't know it was a big movie. At that point, I didn't have access to full scripts. I only got sides. Oh, really? Yeah, they weren't. You know, this is back in the day. There was no email. Right. So you used to pick up your sides in a bin because I wasn't um, big enough for them. Nobody was messengering me anything. You know what I mean? Catching the train, getting my sides out of the bin reading them, trying to figure out piece what the movie was about because I only had my scenes. And you're trying a, to figure you play out the a stripper tone. Mm-hmm. In this. Yes. See, so you, I was prepared. All, <laughs> all, all that work. That work. All, <laughs> all was for something. <laughs> it was all for something. See, those playmates were was right. I it's like I was prophesying. I was a little off, but yeah. <laughs> but there I was. Well okay, so here's your mom and she's kinda strict and she knows about the clubs and yeah. you're in New York. Do you call, like, really excited and proud to tell your mom, or are you like... No, yeah, no, because my mom wasn't prudish. She wasn't like, oh, don't do this. If anything, it was my brothers that I was like, oh, I have to tell my brothers. They were like, what part is it, Gina? And then they, I don't think I told one of them, and they saw it at the movie, and they were like, your ass was out. I just remember one kept saying, my brother Walter kept saying that. I did tell him I was a stripper, but I don't know what they thought. I think they were just like, oh, Regina's playing. I had a name. And I had done one other job before. Oh, my goodness. And I played a streetwalker. Streetwalker number one. Yeah, I was a hooker. So you had a name there, too. It was a movie (laughs) called... um, Was it called Too Tired to Die? Too Tired to Die with Juan Suk Chin. Yeah. My my line was Konnichiwa. Because I was trying to pick up an Asian. <laughs> Great. An Asian guy. Konnichiwa. <laughs> it's like you, you've, you had the entire Me Too experience <laughs> by your second film. You were just like, you were not advancing the careers of women at all. No, it was great. I was so excited, too, because it was Mira Savino. And there were two streetwalkers, but only one had lines. And you were number one. And I, and I, I had the lines. You had Konichi and Wall. <laughs> no, I had even more. I was like, because I was like ready to work. Oh, and yeah. he knew he was going to die and he wanted to talk. Uh, you and were I like, was like, let's get down to it. Yeah, and I was like, I thought he was crazy. And, I, and then I left. So that was in. And I had a little striped dress on it. I remember it. And I was so nervous the day before. Were you really? Yeah, I was like, why do I do this? I hate. And then I did it and it was fun. It's funny to look at someone's career on the outside and look at the list of films you've done. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it looks different from the inside in terms of how often you were getting those jobs and how many months in between jobs where you right. would question what you were doing. Like, did you ever have low points where you're like, this is not for me? Or like, did you go through that even between mm-hmm. success? I knew this was what I wanted to do. Like, I was. Like, anytime I'm going to get up at three or four in the morning to go to work and I did it and I was happy, I knew it was what I wanted to do. I thought, but would I get to where I wanted? And what I mean is I wanted great parts and I wanted to do interesting work and I was like, I was a woman and I was a black woman and I was like, is that possible? 
Yeah, I wonder about that. If you wondered about the ceiling of, of the profession, not just your own ability to be successful, of but, course. but what did yes. success look like for a black woman? Yes, and I did comedy. And you did comedy. And so, so I was like, will I ever be able to break into a dramatic world? You know what I mean? And my first big comedy, com comedy was Scary Movie, and that right. was broad. So then people were like, well, can she do, you know, can she only do broad kind of roles? So it was, yeah, it was that challenge. And I'd wondered, would I ever get out? Would I ever be able to, to go beyond that ceiling? So how was that struggle like? How, how do you remember it? I always would have one glimmer of some light in that. So after a scary movie, I did do this movie. And the thing is, a lot of the movies, people just didn't know. So I did this movie called... Um, paid in full, which was kind of like a small cult classic, and it was a drama. So it would help very incrementally, very small, and then after Scary Movie, during Scary Movie 2, um, I did Ally McBeal. Right. And so you're in between that, trying to be like, well, I've, I'm doing that, so I have to do something that's different. So I was still doing comedies. I remember I did, you know, Malibu's Most Wanted, and you know, because I had to keep working. But it was like, how do I get people to even think of me for other roles? I remember when I wanted to go in, I remember Law Abiding Citizen. My agent was like, I want you to go in. And, and I didn't mind going in for casting, but I wanted to know where they're gonna be producers or directors there. And they said, no, the director's in Philly. They're already starting. And I already knew who they had liked. You know what I mean? I knew what, I knew what they were thinking. So in this particular instance, you would have been the unexpected choice. Very much so. And so my agent kept harassing the director. And I only know this because the director told me. <laughs> he said, your agent called and harassed me so many times. Did you look at her tape? Did you look at her tape? And I remember Joseph Middleton, the scene starts off like it's a light scene in the beginning. And he said, I, I don't even want you to start off light because you do comedy. So I want you to start off like more dramatic. So I did it and I didn't think I'd get it. I actually just did it because I got tired of my agent call. Sometimes you do stuff because I was like, right. just this will just keep them quiet. And so um, the director, when I got there, he said, your agent kept calling me. I didn't want to look at your tape. And I said, let me finally, he said, I hadn't looked at it. And I said, let me look at this so I can tell them no. And he said, and I was thinking, who is, it's the scary movie girl? Is it the funny girl? No. Right, and, and which, said, which I'm sure was always in the back of your mind for oh. certain roles that that's what they were thinking, yes, right? Which has course, to be totally frustrating. It was, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was good and bad because then I'd be like, well, when people think of comedy, they think of me. But then even still, because sometimes you'd get comedies with big male comedians and they needed someone straight. Right. So then I would go in and be like, how can uh, I really You weren't ever the straight one. No, not really. And so I couldn't, and I remember an agent was like, I don't really know what to do with you. You feel like a, a character actor stuck in an ingenue's body. I don't, I don't, and I don't know where that fits at that time, that age, you know what I mean? Right. But he told me, he looked and he was like, oh my goodness, that's it. And I got the part right then and there. Even though you say you started off in comedy, was there a parallel life in which the first film you get that tracks with people, yeah. like the way Scary Movie did. That's what happened, if, yeah. If the first one you did was a drama. Yeah, a thousand percent. Then it's you would have been considered a dramatic actress. Yeah, yeah, right? it just, absolutely. It's cause, cause you know, I wasn't funny and best man. You know what I mean? I was normal, straight, you Yeah, know? you were a normal, straight stripper. A normal, straight, exotic dancer. 
<laughs> you know? My bad. We have our titles. <laughs> and then, um, so it's also the role you play and the amount of attention that that role gets. And so, Scary Movie, Cindy and Brenda, you know, Anna Ferris, that they, um, people remembered all those characters. Sure. And it just became, oh, she does con So it took a, it, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And even though I've had varied parts, it's also what becomes the big movie. It's funny, it's, it's reductive in a way. Mm -hmm. Almost like a stereotype is. Mm -hmm. And it is a business of that because you want to put the person in the movie that of can course. deliver. So yeah. you, you want to go with a known quantity. Yeah. And you want an audience that is like, oh, I like when she or he does. Right. But then it's the, you have to be conscious enough. So then I was like, I will only do that kind of role as Brenda. You know what I mean? So like I won't do another movie. You know, you get offered movies that are similar in type. So I was like, right. okay, that'll be my parody. So you have to be careful with that. Yeah. I guess every career has its own you know, journey and path, but I felt the need to be careful. Maybe for someone else they could do it over and over and it'd be fine, but I felt, I felt very conscious about being careful because I already felt like there was a ceiling. Was there a while when you felt sort of misunderstood or like, God, when can I just like not carry around those? Right, it wasn't just about the role, it was who I worked with. It was like I wanted to really work with great people because I wanted, I felt like you could always learn from there. And great directors, I was like, I want to, you always want to get better and you need, you need to be around great people, you know what I mean? To get, to get better, to learn, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to watch how people worked and I wanted to work with directors who were interesting and made me realize that there was stuff I could do that I hadn't tried. Right. So it was as recently as when I was doing my, before Black Monday, I was like, I want a part that's not an auxiliary character to the man. Right. You know what I mean? Where she was... Or at least a film without the word man in the title. You've had more, more <laughs> films think with like the word a man, man, man in the title. I know. I just wanted her to, you know, not... And I, and I, but, but those parts are great, so it's not to minimize anything. It was just for Regina, you know what I mean? It was just for me, because I don't want to say that and be like, if, 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 like, I think to work is such a gift and a blessing, to work on a great show. And I don't, I mean, just with people you like, it's, there's, there's nothing, there's, it's, it's wonderful. And then there, and I watch them, but there's what you want to watch and then there's what you want to do. That's a great transition into, into Support the Girls, I think. But before we get there, I have to ask about this, this crisis in your life at a certain point, maybe 10 years ago, when you considered quitting acting and uh, becoming a nun. Yeah. I just have to ask about that because. I know, well, I did want to be a nun when I was in, 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 like seventh and eighth grade, ninth grade. That was after you saw 48 Hours and you're like... It was post-porn, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I was shocked and driven into to the convent. Um, no, but I read you were like, yeah. at around 40, you were like... Yeah, the cutoff was 39. I, I might want to go and, and I, think, I think a lot of actors consider quitting and trying yeah. different things in their lives, but most aren't going acting. Convent. I know. Well, it wasn't a choice. I was just... I what was prompted that? You know, there were a lot of things going on in my life. Um, I had gone through a really tough breakup that was really tough. My mother had had a stroke. So, you know, that was a little daunting. I had, you know, one living parent. And she's fine. It was a minor stroke. 
And the only time I was really joyful and peaceful was when I would be in like prayer and meditation, which is what I did all the time. And that was really like, I was like, this is, I was like, why would I not do the thing that makes me so happy? Could you have given up being creative and being a performer and all of that? I felt like I would have still been creative and I probably would have like, you know, done some sermons and stuff. So I would have just been to play the acoustic. Guitar. Yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have been a, I would have been a fun nun. My, my um, only reference is like, um, is the sound of music. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was that kind. Um, <laughs> I, I was, I it was, um, it was probably more my life, my friends, my connections to people that was more daunting to give up than right. anything. Right. You know what I mean? Because there is some, there is a point of that that you have to be willing to believe to leave behind. Certainly not prioritize. And I was like, well, gosh, who would take care of my mom? It just, I had a lot of thoughts, but I thought. My goodness, what if all I did was help people and pray? And like all the stuff that I worry about and think about, all the stuff that takes up most of our time mentally wouldn't matter. I thought it would, I just was like, Mike, that feels like the truer joy. Yeah, no. I had read Eat, Pray, Love. She had gone to the place in India and I was like, because at first I was like, I should just go to India. And I was like, I think I'm going to go to India. I called my agent, my poor agents and managers. You know what, though? They never, they just go, okay, well. <laughs> At this point, they're expecting they're just about are. anything when you call. <laughs> they probably are. Um, anything except a question about a job. They're probably like, why don't you ask about work? But it just felt really, and I had read this book, and I was like, my goodness, I could die and make a difference. Like, then I thought of that would serve me in my next life. I was like this. And then I was like, well, Mother Teresa's like chilling hard. Like she's like, she can literally look back and say, you know, job well done. Yeah, she and can. It, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so I'll be like job good done. Like, you know, maybe I wouldn't get a Mother Teresa rating, but I was like, <laughs> I'd get a good. I'd get a good. So I just thought it would just, it just felt like really joyful like then I wouldn't be in the thought of auditioning the rat it, so I didn't yeah it was feel, part of it like oh I could just leave that anxiety behind and I, well it was more like it was just more like you wanted some peace not even just peace I was euphoric I was euphoric when I was in my prayer and meditation time I wasn't it was beyond peaceful I was euphoric I remember I was so into it that you know the road rage in LA people would give me the finger and I'd be like god bless I didn't even, and then I did, I got Law and Order. And I remember I went in on audition audition because I was like, I'm never going to get it, but it'll at least keep Brian, my manager at the time, quiet. Yeah. And then I got a call back and I was like, I did. And I remember my, my ex, that was one of his favorite shows. So then I was like, oh, then he'd be forced to watch me. He could watch me with his new girlfriend. And the I was truth like, comes <laughs> out about why you didn't join the convent. No, no, no. They had told me I couldn't. That I was too old. Oh, you got rejected. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're like, I want to do I good in the like, world. They're I like, no, nope, we don't want you. Well, they had an age limit. So it wasn't the porn. No, it wasn't the porn at all. It was the, it was like, I think it was maybe an age and partner limit. They're all different. You know, there's some that are based on sexual partners. Some, it's like you can't have more than four. So there's different requirements at different numbers. Because, yeah, they're all different. Yeah, they're all different. You went to the sexual partners one first. The You're son, like, that yeah, was not for me. That one was just the, no, the sexual no, I went to the one with the age. It was this, this place I was going to, and I was like, they just, I loved it. They were just, 
It was just great. And so when I did Law and Order, I remember I started working. And my first day, I was really awful. And I wasn't used to that. And then I called my friend, close friend of mine, Greg. And I was so zenned out that I, I had, he was like, you gotta stop meditating. I couldn't have the levels of anger. I didn't have, they weren't accessible to me. Oh, you indulge your emotions by finding this euphoric piece of. I was, yeah, I was so peaceful that I didn't, and I hadn't, it was the first time that I had gone, it had been like, a, like almost a year, cause I had been with my mom and gone through, the, so I hadn't worked. And um, yeah, I guess I, I couldn't access it. Cause I was like supposed to be upset in a scene and I'd be like, don't do that. I'm very mad. Like, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't. That was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I couldn't get my, you know, so it took, but he helped me and, you know, You had to we go drive it. the freeways of LA for a while. And yeah, get your mojo I, back. I honestly, there is something to, you know, a state of being. And so my state of being was just really tranquil. God, it's crazy to think, like, had they have welcomed you, mm-hmm. we may have never had, like, the last 10 years of your work. Yeah, I'd be here. I'd probably be here in a little, I don't know if I would have dressed like like a cloistered nun with the habit and stuff. But I, I would have I asked for that. You would have asked yeah. for that? I mean, if we're going to have a nun on the show. <laughs> I wanted the, to. Yes. I wanted to the whole look. The whole yeah, because why would I? Why? I'd be like former actress. Yeah, don't skimp. And current nun. Yes, and current. But nun. not of the. Yes. Of the limited partners Sister variety. <laughs> I know, almost playmate, current nun. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's just life is a journey, and that was amazing. Oh, and your life is a journey. Yeah, yeah more so than most. <laughs> but you know, so it didn't happen. But it was a great time still. It was a, it was a, it's still a, I mean, I cherish that time. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's fast forward to, you know. To me working in a restaurant. Yes. From well, <laughs> not joining the continent. Girls Trip was oh, a Girls huge Trip, film. Right. Tiffany Haddish, uh, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith and yeah. you. And it made like $300 million it, yeah, or something it, like that. It made or, a lot of money. And right after that, you pick this really small indie mm-hmm. called Sport the Girls, which you play the manager of a, sort of like a Hooters or Twin yeah. Peaks type yeah. of establishment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Double called Double Whammies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, which I did not know the term restaurant. I hadn't either really until the movie. Well, it, it's Research. an interesting thing because you watch the trailer mm-hmm. and the trailer quite frankly was cut to probably capitalize a little bit on who you were and it looked like it's gonna be this broader comedy yeah. that with more yeah. of a traditional a Hollywood plot. Right. But the film is so engagingly independent and it's very independent. And it breaks genres and big events don't happen, but right. but what ends up happening instead is is you really get a sense of of who this woman is. Mm-hmm. And it's a total surprise and a shock. And you you won the New York Film Critics Association Award for mm-hmm. Best Actress. Mm-hmm. But it must have been quite a weird experience to choose that movie right after Girls Trip because you would think, okay, this is a massive success. And well, you know what? My agents were like, this is the perfect time to do a small film, actually. Really? Yeah. My agent said, I want you to read the script. The director would like to meet you. And I was like, okay. And I read it, and it just... I'm not saying it right, but there was nothing really that happened, per se, in the way that I thought. You mean in terms of the plot of the, the story? The plot, the right. set piece. There were no, yeah, like I remember I was like, oh my goodness, she's stealing the money. You know, I kept waiting for her to be some right. dark. 
Or, or the or the owner is going to abuse her. Yes, or, yeah, like yeah. I was waiting for. I was too. Something, you know, like something, and th- that didn't happen. But I remember I kept thinking about it. You know what I mean? The the character and the movie stayed in my brain, and I and so um, Andrew Bujowski came to New Orleans and the we director. Met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember we didn't talk about the movie very much. I think I was feeling really intuitive and I was having psychic moments with Andrew. You were? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Andrew, I'm feeling... You're like, <laughs> I, you're like you should join the priesthood. <laughs> I know. Father Bujowski. <laughs> um, and then they said, you know, eventually they were like, she got it. And I was really thrilled. And it was interesting to go from that set, Girls Trip, which was a much bigger set, sure. to, you know, such a small movie, an indie you know, with a lot less budget and time. But it was also really wonderful because it was so, it was also really, you know, the girls were great. I was, you know. Did it restore your faith in a certain kind of acting or? or well, it was just a shock to see the material, you know. I, I, I knew she was, I knew what it was about. I knew who Lisa was, but I loved the, um, kind of the humanity that I felt in her. And um, I liked how they didn't ignore anything. I mean, they didn't ignore any kind of sexism or racism, but there was no message behind it either. It was really just a day in the life. And I thought there was something so beautiful about hardworking people finding integrity in a setting that film never really uses to show that. You know, that there weren't like just jokes about women and... And he never did that. And what I was curious about was if there was any more fear associated with the fact that you didn't see those moments in Mm -hmm. scenes, whereas for so many films, there is the timing and landing the joke. Right. You know what I mean? And then then in this, it seemed like it required a different muscle of, of not only nuance, but of a lot of the things that are going on with you are not spelled out in the plot. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory work that I had to do on my own. Right, so did that make you a little bit nervous, like not just for your own abilities, but how do you pull a film like this off, tone-wise? Yes, it does make you nervous, but good nervous. Like, it's the kind of nervous where you're like, I I gotta really work to make sure that, because there's so many, Lisa's in so many scenes, so it's like. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes where it's not about being funny at all. No. It's not about landing a joke at all. No, 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 no. No, that one was definitely not. That was a character-driven piece. Yeah. So that was, it was just, um, it, felt per- it, felt, it felt perfect after Girls Trip. It felt like it would be, like I didn't want to do another. Large, big set piece. No, no. You know what I mean? I felt like, I don't know, there was something really, just captivating about this little story. Right. I, now, I didn't have an expectation of where it would go. I really thought, oh, we'd get in a Sundance and get bought, and there'd be a few people who'd see it, and I'd get some, you know, free shit at, you know, free swag at Sundance. <laughs> and it'd be a free trip, and I'd get to see some friends and, you know, have some wine, you know what I mean? And, like, we'd celebrate. Like, I thought that that's... And it wasn't on your credit card. And it wasn't on my credit card. And I thought that would be great because it would still have a different audience. You know what I mean? And it wasn't about having to um, please the studio. You know what I mean? We didn't... You know what I mean? It was just... A, it was about a filmmaker. So it was so much... In, it was intimate. Like... You got to make are, art yeah, for art's sake. Yeah, for art's sake. And I got to be like, are you happy with it? Okay, we're happy. So for so many reasons, it was a, it was a special film. 
Well, it's interesting. Both both Support the Girls and now Black Monday on Showtime mm-hmm. are stories that look at women in the workplace. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Black Monday, we should say, is you, Don Cheadle, Andrew Reynolds, mm-hmm. and it's the lead up to the 1987 stock market crash. You and Don are partners at a brokerage that's yeah. the 11th best yes. bro- brokerage yeah, on the we're, street. Yeah, we're, we're traders. <laughs> and it's the African-American brokerage, yeah. and there's sort of this untold mystery yes. happening within. There's, right. It's comedic. It's, yeah. it's big and, and over the, the top. And they're the people that couldn't, for whatever reason, they couldn't get jobs. And so it's great because they're kind of like these misfits on Wall Street. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. No, it know, very much is. Yes. They're, they're the rebel outsiders. Yeah, the rebel they're outsiders. They're going to come in and break the system. <laughs> and, no, it's, it's Break it bad, unfortunately. Yeah. But what I was curious about that is if part of your research or reflection on, on this part made you have to look at what has changed, but also what has not changed about a woman in a man's workplace. It's so, world. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're looking at what's changed, what hasn't changed, what's changed a lot. You know what I mean? We've got a great scene. There's a there's a great episode where he calls a sexual harassment meeting. He calls someone to give us a, give us a talk. And the guys are like, what what do you, what do we, what does that mean? Is these new positions? Are we learning new positions? It's just not. Um, Obviously, and you know, we take it a little far, but it's so fun because it's like so great to explore the world. And even though, you know, Don and Mo have this thing, it's not, you know, and you'll see, it's not about that. And even Support the Girls was pre-Me Too movement, you know what I mean? So it's interesting to have these, these kinds of things coming out at a time where there is so much... We're looking at it through a different lens. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And there's so much conversation, you know what I mean, about change and um, equality. And so back then, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't there. And even the things we say, I was like, can we say that? And they're like, well, yeah, that's what you said back then. You know, so even terms, you know what I mean? Like midget. Right. I never say right. midget now. I say midget. I say retarded. You know what I mean? We smoke inside. And, you know, you're, you're looking and you're like, wow, that wasn't, that was 30 years ago. And you look at women and, you know. And they're like, we can get her tits. I mean, it was just, it's, it just, and, and not only was it said, you know, my character Dawn has to also go with it. She has to go with it because the idea of standing up for herself in the way of like, don't say that wouldn't have worked. So she has to let it kind of just roll off her back. Because like, all right, we got to work. It's because she's the head trader. So it's more about her position than this idea of her gender making her the serious one. And so she gets, there are a lot of times where she gets to have just as much fun and right. she's just as crass. And that was the conscious choice of the, the, the um, creators and the directors to say, you know what, we want her, she's not a killjoy. Like, so you get to, you know, the dick on the shoulder, like you're not appalled by that. You're, you're right. laughing. I just remember yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, you're. You yeah. think it's just as funny as they do. Like, you know right. what I mean? And yeah, you'll have the serious conversation with them, like, oh, you're a bad trader, but you're not. Like, guys, don't do that. You know, it's it's just. You know, she's mad that he busts a hole in the wall because they have to fix it. Right. You not know, because that's. That's Not because it's like you're a juvenile. bad workplace environment. Right. Or you're violent or right. whatever. Yeah. No, no. Well, it, it does make me wonder if, if when you got on this project, if it changed that ceiling for you again in oh, your mind. Oh, absolutely. I was so, 
I was like, I had just said to my agent, I, was, I had passed on a few things, and I was like, I, I want you to have an honest conversation with me. Am I being unrealistic, you know what I mean, in what I want? Like, is what I want even possible? How do you put in words what you want? I wanted to play someone that was like her own being, you know what I mean? That, that lived and thrived and had, that felt like formed, you know what I mean? As a, as a character, as a person, and I felt, you know, they had emotions, but also I wanted it to, to do something, you know, I wanted, wanted drama, but I wanted comedy too, because that is what I love to do, and it is what I do well, you know? And I had that conversation with my agent, and my agent said, did Don Cheadle call you? And I said, no. And he's like, he didn't. He called and asked for your number. And Regina King's at the same agency. And I said, oh, no, he didn't call me. Maybe he meant Regina King, babe. I didn't even think anything of it. And I said, let me check my messages. And I was like, no, it's no message from Don Cheadle. And don't call getting me excited, talking about Don Cheadle called me. <laughs> I don't know him. Maybe he knew Regina King well. And maybe he was Not like, Not well enough to remember her last name. Yeah, well. <laughs> I just, I didn't, I thought that the agents messed up. Because they right, do that, right, right. they do that with she and I. Like, I've oh, gotten her appointment. Yes. Have you got, ever gotten one of her jobs? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, but I've gotten appointment sheets for her. She's gotten it for me. We've gotten requests that have been mixed up. And especially because we're both at the same agency. Right. So I just thought he could, they could have messed it up. Right. And he could have been like, can I have Regina? You know, and they were like, oh. One of those Reginas. Have, one have of the, the, <laughs> the first one that's available. Have Regina call me. <laughs> And so then there was a call, and it was him. And I was like, I, I was like, it was him. And he's like, I'm sending you a script. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait to read. I was going to say yes anyway. But I, I, I was. <laughs> You're like, I'll take a look yeah, at it. Yeah, let me read it, Don. Yeah. Um, when do you need an answer? I was like, yes, I come agent. Um, and then I read it, and I was like, this script is crazy as fuck. And then I was like, yes. And so I was um, shooting Shaft. I was in Atlanta shooting Shaft. And um, they were like, well, when you get back, you have to have a fitting Friday and you shoot Tuesday. And I was like, that is the worst thing ever. Because I was like, how am I going to get ready? So I just used the little time I had there. And then when I got there, I went and had a conversation with the writers and took in everything that they said. And, you know, we had to go to work. Wow. And it's amazing that that's exactly what you were looking for. Exactly what I was looking for. So much that I was like, this is crazy. It is funny to think of mm -hmm. this idea that, that you're wondering throughout your career if what you want is an unrealistic expectation. I think sometimes that happens in life. You're like, you know, is that... Um, I remember I was debating on whether or not she could have an apartment, and I had gone and someone said, you can do a fleece. I forget, somebody in the Old Testament did a fleece, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a fleece. And a What's fleece, a fleece? A fleece is like you ask for something really specific, a sign. And I was like, okay, God, if you want me to move, have my friend Keisha come over. And Keisha is someone I didn't see often. And then I was like, okay, that's kind of too hard. Just have her call, because I didn't want to make it too hard for God, you know? <laughs> God can open yeah, yeah. the Red Sea. Yeah. Can he send Keisha yeah. to your house? Yeah. No. Nope. And I was just like, no, nope, that's too hard. <laughs> so I was like, Keisha can just call. And I was home and I was cleaning up. And it was like two days later. And literally, Keisha walks through my door and goes, hello. And I was like, and I lived in a brownstone. So you had to buzz up 
Well, little did I know they were doing construction and so on the, on the stairs, and so the front door of the brownstone was open. She walks upstairs and she's like, yeah, I was coming from work and I was just like, let me stop by and see Regina. And I was like, ah. so I moved and got my apartment. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And so did you create a fleece for your career? Or is it ask for a fleece? Yeah, no, you, yeah, no, you, you, make, a fleece. you make a fleece. You make a fleece. Um, not that specifically. Because there's also something like I think I gave up. Like I was like, and I'll give up. I don't know. I think I was in love with this Richard Simmons popcorn. And I was buying <laughs> <laughs> these big plastic jars. You're like, God, if you'll give me well, no, an I was like, amazing I was career in movies, <laughs> I'll give up the Richard Simmons no. popcorn? No, no, no. I mean, for Keisha, I was like, I'm not going to oh. have that until my fleece, until I know. Oh, I but, see. But I'm saying, for my career, I think... Um, <laughs> this has gotten weird. I know. I think... I was honestly also... At, the more I got to know the business the more I was like, you're lucky to be working at all. I didn't, I went into it with such naivete. I don't, I didn't understand. Yeah. I just was really, I was really grateful to work. I was grateful to be able to do what I enjoyed for a living. There's always the part of you that wants more. I mean, you sure. know what I mean? Because there's a part of you that wants to grow and expand like human nature. But I always had gratitude in that I was able to, you know, start that late, that I had an incredibly supportive team. I was just grateful for my agents that they kept pushing because I was like, it, is, it would be crazy to me that they'd still be pushing. And then I was lucky because I also, it helped me to get older because there were a lot of parts that they'd be like, she's too young for. Even though I was the right age, I, was, I still felt and looked younger. Yes, you look very young for you. And age. so aging helped, you know, and usually for a woman, you get afraid of aging, you know what I mean? I think they, not now, but then it was like, well, am I gonna work less when I age? You know what I mean? I had that and I was like, so if it's not happening now, right. then like, right. when's it gonna happen? Everyone's like, can't happen when you're 50 and lo and behold, you know what uh, I mean? So, I know, and they won't let you into the convent. And Right, and, I'm like too old for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it just kind of, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have planned it like this, but I couldn't have planned it better. No, I mean, look at you. You're, you're getting amazing work. You're finding that there isn't a ceiling. And, yeah. and, you... and I get to have the, the gift of the wisdom that comes with age. And it's nice to be able to experience it with that kind of appreciation as opposed to some sort of entitlement that can come with youth. Right. Well, listen, you're on a roll and... Thank You're you. You're doing fascinating and thank work. thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have I you. I know, it's so good. Even though I'm not a nun, he still had me. Yeah, well. And I'm I, not I, a playmate. I've never had a nun. You've never had a nun. But um, boom. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I could have been your first. I would like to sort of, it, it, to, I'd like to take one away from the convent because they wouldn't mm -hmm. let you in. And then she couldn't be in the convent anymore. Right. Because she oh. had me. Oh, so you want to like I, defile a little, you I'd like to defile, defile a nun in, in solidarity with there's you not movie. getting in. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, that's, there's a movie. Defiling the nun. Sam defiles the nun. Honestly, I would go see that. You would, wouldn't you? Well, you know, listen, the nun's got a lot of work, honestly. They can't have the kind of distraction that, the emotional distraction that men bring. You're right. You guys are way too much. I we, mean, we really are. Yeah, because now you're praying for something else. And you're not going to make the plot any easier if I can't defile a nun. No, we're going to let you defile her, but you know, we. <laughs> but what happens to you once you do it? And especially well, if she was a good nun. I'll have to make Did a you fleece. Get a good, <laughs> 
And then cut to 20 years from now, and someone's got defiling the nun, yeah. but what there's porn on it. Oh, I didn't grow up religious. I didn't either, but my, my, we, just had, we had to go to church and Sunday school. My pastor came over every week. But that doesn't mean I can't make a fleece, Brother Crump. No, and it doesn't mean you can't defile a nun. That, that's right. Right. You can, you can do both. And I'm going to. Yeah. That is my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Thank you for doing Thank this. Thank you so much. Hey folks, that's our show. You know, I really enjoyed meeting Regina. We had a lot of laughs and I really enjoyed diving into her work. If you haven't seen Support the Girls, do yourself a favor and check it out. It's a great film and it's so different than not only so much of her work, but then so many films out there that I think you'll really enjoy it. Also, check out Black Monday on Showtime. And if you haven't yet seen Girls Trip, that's worth the price of admission just for the scene on Bourbon Street in New Orleans of a zipline and golden shower. I'll just say sorry in advance, but check that out too. And after that whets your appetite, head on over to offcamera.com where there's a different kind of shower waiting for you. A shower of over 175 episodes of Off Camera, archived and just waiting for your viewing pleasure. For just $4.99 a month, you can get our television subscription that allows you access to every show we've ever done on any device available to watch as many times as you want. It is a great way to experience off camera and you'll be showered with knowledge and wisdom and entertainment. So check all that out. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this very podcast, take a minute, go to iTunes, subscribe. And while you're there, give us a rating and leave us a review. It's a great way to help other people find out about the show so we can keep bringing it to you every week. You can also find us on social media. We are Off Camera Show at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm Sam Jones on Twitter and Sam Jones Pictures on Instagram. If you have a guest suggestion or you just want to talk about the show, social media is a great place to do that. So don't be shy. Tell your friends. Shout it to the world. Talk about Off Camera. We would really appreciate it. I want to thank everybody that helps us on this show. There's Crawford Shippey, Nathan Shields, Michaela Galvin, Sasha Snow, and Kara Johnson. We couldn't do the show without those fine and talented folks putting in hard work each week. So next time you see any of those folks on the street, just stop and give them a hug. And maybe buy them a sandwich. Everyone's always hungry around here. And most of all, please come back next time when I sit down with actor, writer, director, and comedian Stephen Merchant. When I was doing that call center job, you had to learn how to deal with difficult customers. So there were a bunch of trainees, half of us would go in one room and the other up would do another, and we'd have to call each other and we'd have to be a difficult customer. So I would call and I would be the most difficult customer that you could imagine. I'd be a little deaf, I didn't speak great English, I had a thick northern accent that no one could understand. And in the end, they wouldn't let me do it anymore because I was upsetting the other trainees because <laughs> I was being too difficult. But the um, training guy who was teaching us sort of said, oh, you fancy yourself as a bit of a performer, do you? And I said, oh, well, you know, I hope so one day. He goes, yeah, I, uh, I tried to be an actor, did that for a couple of years, but, um, but uh, I don't miss it. I mean, um, this is a kind of acting. And Michael Scott yeah, right there. Yeah, and you just thought, born. wow. <laughs> There's so, you know, I mean, it was there. Since his alchemic beginnings creating The Office with Ricky Gervais, he has been fascinated with the awkwardness and embarrassment of daily human existence. But there's a fine line between laughing at us and laughing with us. And Stephen has walked that tightrope brilliantly in every project he has taken on, from extras 
to Hello Ladies, and most recently, Fighting With My Family, his surprisingly sincere and heart-wrenching movie about the world of televised wrestling. In our fascinating conversation, Stephen opens up about his own awkwardness and ambition as a tall, gawky comedy fan dying to get out of his hometown and make something of his life. See you next time, off camera.